Hello, and you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. That was Herman Eben. I'm Paul Moore. Right out of the blocks, Herman, I'm going to have to ask you to pray for us, because after our last program, How Bad Can It Get?, all it keeps going through my mind is, the farther we get from the Garden of Eden, the worse it is. (laughs) That is a theory that I have. Let's let's do, do pray about this. Lord, we do thank you that no matter how bad it gets, we have you as our firm foundation. And unfortunately, we don't trust you enough. We're looking for our own answers. Lord, I ask that we trust in you, focus on you, trust everything that you say for us to trust in rather than ourselves or something other than you. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. The only thing that's kept me sane thinking about this is, bless God for the kingdom is at hand. Amen for that, yep. So the farther we get from the garden, the worse things are, and you were actually talking about this other guy who I can remember, David Zimmerman, and he wrote a book in 1947. Now, ask me the name of the book or the three (laughs) things that he pointed to say that the farther we get from the garden, the worse it is. I'm going to go, huh? Yeah, that's right. Dr. Zimmerman in 1947 wrote this great book called Family and Civilization. And in that book, he specifically stated, as we said last time, that every civilization follows the same path. And he, he traced every civilization down to three family styles. They start out with the trustee family, large family, sort of like Abraham, you know, where he had enough people that he could generate an army, you know, okay. to, <laughs> to, to go fight uh, King Shedalomar. And uh, so that's the trustee family. And then it goes into a domestic family, which is more pared down kind of the aunts and uncles. And then it goes into this atomistic uh, style of family. Now, what is the, the trend that causes it to decline? The trend is greater focus on individual away from the good for the whole, a, a bigger focus on me, all about me. And so self-sacrifice to the common good, uh, it declines down into, declining. I am entitled to That's right. at the cost of everyone else. And you can you can refer to it with a, a nice term, individual rights. And I'm for individual rights. I'm not against that. The issue is when it becomes the predominant theme, that is what happens with an atomistic society. The, that The idea of it's all about me. And guess what we've been saying <laughs> from the very beginning? That sounds real familiar, doesn't it? And that's exactly right. It sounds very familiar. Okay, so we've got this decline, right, where it goes from what's good for the common good and how an individual serves that Mm -hmm. to it decays down into this atomistic society where it's all about self. Now, forgive me this, but Mm -hmm. there is a problem in every relationship. Yes, there is. It's all about me. (laughs) And the solution is? Pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. And notice, that's exactly where we've gone. The decline of a civilization, when it gets to this place where there is so much of the community rights being subservient to the individual rights, you're in a big, big trouble place. (laughs) Okay, well then I want to ask you, because you just said community rights Mm -hmm. become subservient to the individual. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. That's in Washington, right? That's not here in my town. I need to go fix the problem there. Is that true? Well, everybody has a tendency to think that it all starts in some place other than themselves, but it always starts at home. (laughs) We we need to be looking at our own life. That's exactly right. If we're not looking at our own life, all the change in a society comes one person at a time. Well, I think I remember reading in the Bible that it is from the wealth at home that mm -hmm. pours 
what we have a tendency to do is try to blame other people. And that's a big issue of the atomistic society, to try to blame everybody else because we're all victims. And it's not my problem. I'm not, a, I'm not the problem. It's somebody else. And, and, and our whole issue of our system of education, unfortunately, is promoting this even further because it's pushing this whole idea of self-love. It's pushing this whole idea of self-esteem. And I know I'm going to get some pushback from some people talking about self-esteem because there is a there is a reasonable way to think about that for the most part. But that isn't what is promoted in education. What's promoted in education is this mindset which says you're going to be more productive if you think well of yourself. Well, that's 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 not even been proven by research. Okay, so I'm just, just going to tee it up for you, right? Is there really any such thing as low self-esteem? No, there isn't in the way that I think about it. <laughs> you know, I'll throw that caveat out there for everybody. Well, walk but, me through that real quick. Okay, because if you if you really did have this mindset of, I just don't think well of myself, you wouldn't care. <laughs> right. I mean, you wouldn't care if people were treating you poorly. You only care and only are upset because people aren't thinking well of you and you are sitting there going, woe is me. And we classify that as low self-esteem. That isn't low self-esteem. That's actually high self-esteem. You're valuing yourself more than going to serve other people. Okay. I ask that for a reason. Okay. okay. Why is that? Well, no, because in Dr. Zimmerman's book, right? Mm-hmm. How bad can it get? Well, ultimately, when we become lovers of self, things start to really hit the wall. They really do. When my self-esteem, the esteem of my children, everybody gets a trophy, all this stuff becomes a push social agenda. Have I not displayed that I'm suffering from lovers of self? Yeah, you sure have, because that means what we have done, like we've said in the past, what we've done is we've we've seen it as our job to manage everybody's emotions. And we've got to have everybody think well of themselves rather than, you know, there's some things that people do poorly and we need to point that out so that they might decide to encourage, uh, excuse me, I- improve those type of areas. And we do need to point out their strengths so that they can improve those areas too. But just because you have this reducing the standard of, of performance to make everybody just a participation trophy, you know, give me a break. You know, well, wait bad. a minute. You're saying, wait a minute, you know, you're basically saying I'm being a control freak by trying to manage everybody's stuff. And I'm thinking, what control freak? I'm very passive. I'm just saying, can't we all get along? Well, that's, that's unfortunately the driver of a lot of this problem. We are using that terminology. Can't we all just get along? Well, no, you know what? Truth isn't trying to get along. Truth is a standard by which everything is measured, whether it's right or wrong. It's not a matter of whether you get along. Yes, there is a a unity truth at the same time, but I'm not to be necessarily just trying to get along with you. I'm to be sharing the truth with you, pursuing your best. If I'm just trying to get along with you, I'm not going to be pursuing your best. Okay, but Herman, what about selfish sin? I'm not hurting anyone else but me, right? So that's okay. That's the way... Satan would want you to think about it, yes, because Satan wants you to think that life is all about you. <laughs> well, it is, right? Because can I say there was a great book and then it was a social axiom, but I'm okay, you're okay. There is this mutuality. The, the mindset of anybody that is saying that my, my individual um, things that I do 
are only impacting me has no understanding of how systems work because anything that I do individually does impact others around me. And that is a clear indication that God is really interested in you changing your ways to be more like him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have judged entire groups of people for the behavior of one person. Go read the Old Testament. You can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me ask you here. Climbing back up this tree, right? We went from trustee to domestic to atomistic. So I went from Abraham, where all that we're doing is for the common good, and our common vision is to love and serve the Lord, where I get down into all this thing where everybody's supposed to permit me. Yeah, I would I would like to think that it might be everybody's to love and serve the Lord, but at least it was, you know, the, the community rights are more important than my rights. Okay, um, I can go to the website, greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeratrelationships.com. You do have this material both in the study guide and in the video material. What chapter do I want to be looking uh, for? Th- everything we've been talking about is in chapter six, the first section of chapter six. The first section of chapter six, that's greatrelationships.com, grnumeratrelationships.com. Or if you really got to get it out of your system, send us a letter that's great relationships. Post office box 51836 P.O. Box 51836 Midland, Texas 79710 We'll be back right after this Great definitions for great relationship God's complementary designs Men and women are created equal in value but different in design and role Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, gsot.edu, or call 877-476-8678. Now get going. Welcome back. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, because it takes right thinking for right relationships right now. And right now, I just want to say we have been talking all about Dr. Zimmerman and these three things in society, how somehow we have this sense of entitlement. We've become lovers of ourselves. And I just simply want to ask this out of all fairness and denial. That's just one man's opinion, right? The Bible doesn't talk about this. Yeah, the Bible talks about it a lot. Actually, it talks about it a lot. Uh, This is so important for us to consider 
and we have some other questions we want to bring up, but let's bring out 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 6, and then uh, verse 13, but I'll just focus on 1 through 6. Oh, you had to go there. Yeah, no kidding. It's It's a tough passage. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 6, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Hugely important passage. I mean, this, is, this passage is a great description, not only of the end times, but it certainly makes me think, are we there? <laughs> well, I don't know. If you go to the next verse, verse 7, mm-hmm. it makes me think we're there because it says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. And why is that? Because they don't have the right who said so. The who said so that they're trusting is science or themselves. That I can know all of this stuff. I don't need to believe that there is a creator uh, that created all these things. It goes back something that we have said two or three times that that I love that uh, Tim Dunn, a, a good friend of the ministry here, has talked about where he says that the Greek mindset is I can know Whereas the Jewish mindset starts with, in the beginning, God. And that's where we want to be. In the beginning, God means the idea of, yeah, I can know some things, but at some point, there's a God that knows a lot more than I do. Whereas the Greek mindset that uh, it, we have become part of, so to speak, from the, from the way that the society has evolved, we have this mindset to go, Mm, yeah, there might be a God, but you know what? I'm smart enough to figure this stuff out. This issue we need to keep in our in our, the forefront of our mind. I need to be uh, focused on this. It's really impacted my life a lot since since I uh, read this devotional from Oswald Chambers saying that you simply get understanding of God's word by obeying it. You, you, you don't reason through it. He's not, he's not calling us to say, you know, you shouldn't sit here and try to reason through God's word. He's saying that isn't how you get the, the, the in-depth knowledge of God's word. You simply obey what God is saying. And then once you obey, God gives you greater insight into the next level of obedience that he's requiring out of you. And that removes us away from this idea of self-love. It's putting your mindset back onto the Lord. Because if you go back to this passage in chapter 3, verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. We have this mindset nowadays, if we don't focus on ourselves, life is going to go poorly for me. That is so (laughs) different than what God is talking about. And that takes us back to that fundamental choice, right? Fundamental choice, trust God or trust something other than God. And when you trust something other than God, it always ends up in making life about me. It's a matter of me trying to figure out how to find the right answers, either through something other than God, which got us into this trouble in the first place, Adam and Eve. What about the thing that's not an academic setting? In other words, what I'm talking about, the average Joe or Joan. Mm -hmm. We're very passive. 
we have the television or the radio on in the right. background for noise, and we don't realize that we're getting something else, a world message of what normal is. And the truth is, normal is a setting on a washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> right? In the beginning, God, wherever he takes us, we're there. That's right. And it makes so much more sense to pay attention to what God is telling me about me when I'm separate from him. It's, for instance, instead of esteeming self, God is asking us to esteem something other. For instance, in uh, Galatians 5.22, what part of the fruit of the Spirit is aimed at self-love? Is there any part of the, the fruit of the Spirit that's aimed at self-love? Let me read them to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against there is such no, no such law. There's, there's not one thing in there is saying love yourself. The idea is it's about self-control, control of self. That's what the fruit of the Spirit allows us. Well, wait a minute, okay? Because when Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees and he said all of the laws summarized in these two commandments, and I want to say, didn't the second one end in your neighbor as yourself? So isn't it okay to love myself? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with that, but I'm going to give you some more scriptures before we hit that one. Because okay. there's, there's some great scriptures that we need to consider about the problems of loving yourself. So first... First and foremost, there's nothing in the fruit of the Spirit that says you're to love yourself or have anything related to that. Okay, I want to ignore that. <laughs> you okay. know, old, and one of our favorite for, uh, passages that we've talked about often, James 3.16. Uh-oh. <laughs> where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing there. Oh, but I'm just loving myself. And the Lord's saying, well, if you're doing that, just expect confusion and every evil thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I wonder how I got here. Yeah, that's right. And, and another very important passage, Philippians 2, 3 and 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each what? Esteem others better than himself. Let each of you, this is verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Well, there it is, Herman, right there it is. You're supposed to look out for yourself. No, the implication is what? You already are doing that. Take that energy and look out for the interest of others. That's, that's the implication of that. Then, then another verse for us to consider is 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. James 4.10 also, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Okay, we got all of those wonderful passages sitting in front of us that are basically saying God esteems humility. He doesn't esteem you to have self-love. In fact, he specifically speaks out against it. But you bring up a very interesting passage that a lot of people bring out as a passage that says we are to love ourselves. It's just wrong to be thinking that. Mark 12, 31 is one place that you can look at this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, well, right there it is, Herman, right there it is. It says that you are to love yourself. So after I'm done loving myself in abundance, I give my neighbor the leftover. <laughs> yeah, that might, might happen. Very rarely would that happen, but that, that might happen. Now, again, here we have the obvious implication that the Lord is saying what? 
I know that you love yourself. I understand that. I get it because I, I, I've, I've given you this option uh, and your sin nature has, has built that into you. Now, what I want you to do is as much as you already love yourself, Use some of that <laughs> to love others. I mean, that is one way you can say See, it. there's a difference between sacrificial and leftover giving. There you go. Yeah, sacrifice some of that love of yourself. Instead, love others as much as you love yourself. That's the, that's the implication there. It doesn't mean that I've got to go love myself before I can love my neighbors. That's what, I, that's what was taught back in the 60s when I was in high school and college. You know, it's just a bunch of baloney. And we've <laughs> carried that message to others. Yeah, we sure have. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, again, this material is coming from chapter... This is coming from chapter 5. In the last section of chapter 5, we've been talking about the problem and the four mistakes. This is coming in the last section of chapter 5. Okay, and you can get there by going to greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeratrelationships.com. And if you're looking at the choice of the videos and the study guide and all the stuff that's there, you can also click on the radio tab and listen to Lovers of Self all over again. Maybe even (laughs) share it with someone. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, and Love. Today is one of those Outer Amen programs before the break. Here, here's all I can think of. I'm imagining a little kid, you know, on the monkey bars, and you swing from one bar to the next to the okay. next, and when you've kind of almost got one, you let go of the other. Yeah. And in all these things we're talking about, God's saying, trust me. Mm-hmm. So I remember our friend Steve Becker saying, you know, I've got two legs. One is obedience and one is faith. And now yeah. I'm thinking the monkey bars. I'm swinging with one hand. I can call obedience and another one faith. Mm-hmm. But to do all this focusing on others, 
I mean, God made me. He judged me. He knows it's in my best. Mm-hmm. But I've got to trust him to be able to do this. If I don't, it ends up being all about yeah, me. You, there is no possible way that you will be able to, uh, to entertain a continual life of pursuing the best for others without the energy and life of Jesus Christ in you. It's, it's not going to happen. You'll be able to pull it off for a period of time thinking, well, this is just this is just the right thing to be doing. Is that why self-love is not in Galatians 5 as a fruit of the Spirit, but does show up in James 3.16? I, I, I really would believe that. Yes, I would really believe that. The Lord has given us the energy to do it the right way. You don't have that energy to do it the right way, long term at least. You might be able to pull it off for a day or two or maybe uh, minutes or hours in, in, a, in some days. There are some people that have good hearts, but it's not, they're not going to be energized to simply pursue the best for other people. I mean, I was having to think about that th- this morning as I, was, uh, as I was being asked to do something. I'd already done something for somebody for a literally a, a, a number of free hours in business. I'd literally done something for them free hours and and they came back and literally were asking me for more free hours. <laughs> and I was, no good deed goes unpunished. And that thought went through my mind, but I was sitting there getting ready to write an email going, uh, do you realize what you're doing? You're asking me for more free hours. I don't want to do that. And that's in, in, <laughs> instead, I finally just went, you know, how would the Lord really want me to think about this? Uh, would this be an opportunity to minister some more? So I ended up changing my heart, changed my mind. I didn't give them everything they wanted, but I, I, I decided I was just going to pursue their best. That would not be coming from Herman Eben. That is not the way I'm wired. The <laughs> Lord spoke to me and asked me to do it that way, and that's that's how I would uh, say that. To that trust Him. Just trust Him on That's right. Just trust Him on this. I didn't have to do that, and that was that's where the attitude was coming. I was feeling like they were requiring me to do it. That isn't true. I was allowing that to control me. Notice all this freedom and control stuff that we talk about. I was allowing that that mindset to control me. Herman, do you want to do this or do you not? That's really what it boils down to. Do you trust me or don't? That's right. You can not do it. That's okay. But don't sit here and, and have a bad attitude about it. But you know what scares me? And, and forgive me for indulging because I know you're, you're teaching here. But what scares me is if I choose not to trust God, I've missed an opportunity. You have. He will put someone else in that seat yeah. and I lose my opportunity to serve. That's right. And that is a very important mindset to have. It goes back to the three things that I like to keep in my mind. Uh, ask the questions, am I redeemed? Am I thankful? Am I available? That last one is right down the li- line of what you're talking about. Are you going to put in your mind that I'm going to be available today? Well, I, I'll never do that if I'm esteeming myself, because that requires me to serve and be available to God to serve others. If I'm esteeming myself, I'm going to have a mindset of, everybody just leave me alone. I want to go do my stuff. Okay, what if I say I'm available, say, after 3 or 3.30? That's the mindset of too much of the time that I might have, and it's been so good for me to be thinking about it differently, which is any interruption is a way that God is saying, well, are you available right now? And he is the creator of the universe. The issue for me is, am I serving him or am I serving my own way? So let's let's kind of bring this back to this whole idea we've been talking about, self-esteem and self-love and everything else. Here's a couple of quotes that I really, really like. 
Elizabeth Elliot says, the world looks for happiness through self-assertion. The Christian knows that joy is found in self-abandonment. That is great. A second quote, Warren Wiersbe, the heart of every problem is a problem in the heart. And that is so true. When we focus too much on ourselves, have too much, too much self-esteem, we're going to be focused on ourselves and we certainly won't be pursuing the best for others. And God is asking us to not focus on ourselves. He's asking us to focus on what's best for those around us. That's what he's asking for. So the one thing that I'd like for you and me and everybody that's hearing this to focus on, let's go plant the seed of God's word in our heart to esteem others better than yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That is a great place to go to start allowing your relationships to be better because that puts you in the mindset of pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. So I guess just simply I would say, Lord, hear our prayer mm-hmm. for all of us this. Herman, I thank you. Again, the website is Great Relationships. That's grnumulatrelationships.com. So, hon, uh, how many of the family are coming over this time? Looks like we'll have a full house again. What are we having? Same as always, turkey and stressing. Stressing? What causes the stress? Have you not been at the last few family get-togethers? Can't you tell it's always more stressful? The more family you add to the equation, the more stressful it gets. I'm a grown adult and I feel like I've turned back the clock and I'm in grade school again when mom arrives. (laughs) That's funny you should say that. I feel exactly the opposite, like I'm the only adult in a room full of kids. There must be a better way, a way where we all seek each other's best and enjoy our family time. By the way, when we have family gatherings, I'm worried that you could actually think you ever act like an adult. Don't be a turkey. Join Herman and Paul for their next show to learn how to take the stressing out of family relationships.